You're listening to the Dental Sherpas Podcast, where we make it easier to transform your practice, get out of the chair, and into the life you want. Hey, docs. Dr. Sed Lewis here. We're always looking to add great docs to our team. What we have created is a practice that's literally built for you to shine. Hey, and guess what? You get to practice dentistry in paradise here in Hawaii. If you're at all interested and are exploring a position in our practice, please contact me at Dr. Lewis at KakuaSmiles.com. That's Dr. Period Lewis, L E W I S, at Kokua, K O K U A, smiles.com. Love to hear from you. Can't wait to speak. Welcome back to another exciting, we know it's going to be exciting episode of the <laughs> Dental Sherpas podcast. Uh, as always, it is your co host, Matt Kennedy, with Dr. Cedric Lewis here. And we're excited about our topic today. But, Ced, how are you doing out there in Hawaii, man? Good to see you again. Oh, uh, we're doing great. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's, it's Friday. So I'm looking forward to the weekend. Got a great weekend set up with, uh, with my wife. Going to be going on a date night. Matt, Woo. you know, I know as, as we, uh, if you're married for a long period of time, like you and me, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's always going to keep the fires burning. And I'm excited <laughs> about that. So, uh, you know, my wife and I are going to have a fantastic dinner this Saturday. But other than that, I'm having a wonderful day. How about you, buddy? Hey, man, things are going well. You know, we're just clicking along here, middle of the summer uh, here in the South. So it's hot and muggy, uh, but we will prevail. Uh, we, are, <laughs> we, are, right. we, are, we are okay there. So, well, yeah. I wanted to talk today uh, about something, or you and I wanted to talk about, as we talked about uh, off air, uh, about a, a pattern that we are seeing out there uh, quite a bit, actually. We're seeing doctors take this um, model, this associate-driven, hygiene-driven model that we have been talking about, and they're increasing their hygiene visits, which is increasing their production, you know, by, gosh, you know, sometimes five or tenfold. They're bringing on multiple associates, but then there is a major amount of them who still feel stuck in the chair. They're making tons of money. The practice is doing great. Everything's going well. But when it comes time to do what they really set out to do in the first place, which was reduce their chair time, reduce their time in, in the practice and give themselves more and more freedom from having to be the one doing the work in the mouth, they end up getting stuck. And so as we were talking about this concept, you know, it, it, there was a visual that came into my head of just like saying, you know, building the practice in the way that we've been describing is like, you know, kind of planning the trip to the Grand Canyon, right? You kind of, right. uh, you, you map it out, you load the car up, everybody gets in, you're working your tail off, everybody's working hard to get to the Grand Canyon. And when you get to the Grand Canyon, though, getting out of the chair is feels like it's the other side of the Grand Canyon. It's not just one small little step. And yeah. so there's, there's yeah. a lot of things that kind of go into finally getting out of the chair. So I know that yeah. you have done that, you know, successfully, and you yeah. have also kind of struggled with it uh, as well. Oh, yeah. And so I wanted to talk yeah. to, um, or we wanted to talk to our doctors out there uh, about that kind of last move and what it is that keeps them stuck in the chair. You got some thoughts on that? Yeah, I do. I think we talked a little bit off the air about it, but it's really a multifaceted problem. And, and like we talked about, it really stems a lot. And we keep going back to this, which I think is an important thing to talk about is the mindset, right? Mm. I think so often the one thing that's challenging about the kind of practices you're describing is that that particular doctor who is kind of stuck in the chair, so to speak, even though he's got multiple associates, they've got tons of hygiene visits and making a ton of money and the practice is booming. 
the reality is that that person's success is his own bottleneck, right? Because they're so high functional, because they're so productive, because they can do things in the chair and lead within the office itself while they're literally on the clinic floor becomes literally the bottleneck within that organization. So it really becomes difficult because that person starts to believe that unless they're there, their entire model is going to fall apart. And then what ends up happening is that that becomes a cultural value within that practice, right? Because you have an incredibly strong doctor who obviously is built in a wonderful organization that has multiple associates and people, it's almost to a point I would describe it like you've, you're basically the sun and people are orbiting around you and the people believe that you're kind of this big thing that glows and provides everyone energy and strength and provides them the ability to kind of keep that place alive. But the reality by doing that is you're not going to be able to truly pull yourself out so you can really focus on making that a better organization. I think the one shortcoming that a lot of doctors, and I hear this all the time, and I have many friends who are really competent and are great, and they'll say things like, no, I need to be there because I've got to, I've got to keep the example, I've got to show people the way, or, oh, well, no, I really enjoy doing dentistry. And again, I'm not going to argue that, but I would tell them that in doing that kind of model, you really get to the point where the practice depends really a great deal on you actually being there all the time. For example, one of the things I find, and sometimes just to say, well, you know, I'll get to a point, and then at some point when I can't do anymore, I'll just put someone in there and I'll take off. I would tell you if your team is basically relying on you, or if you set that tone or that particular motto that you have to be there, set the example, it isn't as simple as you walk away. Your team inadvertently won't let you out. And this yeah. is what happens all the time. And I hear this all the time. For example, how many of you doctors out there who have associates who oftentimes find that your team is oftentimes inadvertently sabotaging your associates by putting patients on your schedule who shouldn't go on your schedule? Yeah. Or for that matter, when patients are asking to see only you, they're not doing a good job of trying to pre-sell or, or champion your associates. So you inevitably become the person who has to shoulder the burden mm. of being a high producer which some of you may say, that's great, I'm doing well. Hey, I, I wanna do all that big production, but I would challenge you, and I've said this again and again and again, there are diminishing returns. I mean, if this is your model, if this is your exit strategy that you're gonna be doing that for the next 10, 15 years, I would challenge you based on what we talked about before is that at some point, you're not gonna be able to handle that load. Right now, it might seem like it's doable and, and you, some of you out there might be young enough where it's not that big of a deal, but I would challenge you, anyone who's over 50 years old on this podcast understands, like I understand, your body takes a beating. And more importantly, if your focus is, I said, I'm going to just keep running this into the ground until my body can't take it any longer, your body will give it a lot, a lot faster than you think it will. So yeah. to the point, I guess, and I know I'm being long-winded here, Matt, so I apologize. No, I like it. But the reality is that I think the biggest challenge is that mindset. You started, and this isn't just the individual doctor or owner. You have now created a mindset in your practice that you must be there or in some capacity, whether you're the doctor working four days a week, whether it's two days a week, maybe it's three days, whatever it might be. And you're telling yourself, well, I'm not practicing like I used to. I'm not doing five days a week anymore, but it still runs through you. Mm. And I would still tell you that that becomes a limiting factor because you're still not allowing that practice to truly function without you, to be that beautiful business. Because at the end of the day, you're still created a really high paying job, but you have not created a transformative business that can outlive you quite yet. Yeah. And as you were talking, the phrase that came to mind is you're kind of stuck in or living in the curse of the high performer, right? Right. You're, you are already a high functioning person. You're already a high functioning doctor. You've built this phenomenal organization, but again, 
even though you've been able to multiply the production, multiply, you know, the number of doctors, all of those things, what I'm hearing you say is that practice, if you're still in the chair, is always going to still be centered around you. It's like you are the sun and the practice right. is stuck in your gravity and exactly. your staff are always going to, um, uh, you know, you said earlier, um, talk about how the staff just feel more comfortable when you're yeah. in, in the practice. Yeah, it's, it's really a scenario of codependence, right? Because they are so used to, remember, like these are staff who have, they, they respect you a ton, Docs. They, sure. they see what you have built. They know what you bring to the table. But what ends up happening is that becomes the weak point of the organization because you then become the lightning rod. You then become yeah. something when things hit the fan or when they have to rely on a, on a really tight moment of dealing with maybe a difficult patient or maybe dealing with a situation that, that requires potentially another doctor to take care of it, but they're always going to go to you. And that becomes a scenario where you're never going to get quite out of that, that hamster wheel that you're in. Because what ends up going on is that the practice literally flows through you in all facets. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was um, uh, kind of digging through some of my old material that yeah, we created and several different you know approaches to this model. And one of the pieces of material that I, I uh, I found again was uh, we identified 10 phases to really getting out of the chair in the practice. And, you know, it, it's interesting. We're, we're really talking about it right here. Once you get those hygiene visits up, once you get to multiple associates, now the phase that you have to enter into, and I'd love for you to talk about this, is what I called the system stress test, meaning you have to find out if your organization can live beyond you if it can work without you. And that's the really scary part because when you end up pulling out, what happens in the practice, Ed, at first? Oh yeah, at first, yeah, your practice will decline, right? Because inevitably you are a member of Docs, you are a high producer. So for many of you out there, when you do leave and you bring another doctor in, maybe even two doctors, you leave a void. And it's not gonna be just the fact that producing void, you're leaving a leadership void behind because of what's been created there. Right. Yeah. And so what I would tell doctors when they think about that, that is something you have to build into the expectation, much like we've talked about in the past, when you're investing back in your practice, when you're putting in, let's say, an extra op or, or hiring more staff members. You have to understand it's going to be it's going to be a scenario where you'll take a little bit of a dip because you're going to have to invest in that. Just like you are pulling yourself out of the chair, you're investing now into creating mm -hmm. a better business, which means you're going to be pulled out to, to Matt's point, the stress test we're talking about. That stress test is going to be in the beginning, a little financial stress test, because when you pull yourself out, suddenly you've got more overhead. We're paying that doctor you brought in, right? You've got a doctor who's probably not going to be producing the kind of numbers or for that matter, can communicate or for that matter, lead as well as you. So there will be a dip. But that's the whole thing I'm talking about here, right? You've got to be willing to understand you have to put a stress test on your company so that you can actually step out and allow yourself to focus on those things so that you can better lead your organization so that you truly can actually get out of the chair and be better affecting change. Meaning that I keep saying it again, my, my uh, acumen is always, not acumen, excuse me, my verbiage is always saying you have to be willing to work on the business, not in the business to truly make it transformative. Because if you're constantly in the chair, you're never gonna be able to be at that 30,000 foot mark when you can see the whole organization and understand exactly what buttons to push, what levers to pull. And because at the end of the day, you're gonna be an individual who's gonna be always focused on the minutia when you should be focused on your entire organization all the time. You know, what's interesting said, as you're sitting here talking, it, it makes me um, realize that 
the actual getting out of the chair produces the same type of fear and, you know, um, anxiety that even thinking about putting this model into place back at the very beginning of the journey uh, creates as well. It's the same exact feeling, right? You know, one of the things that I like to ask doctors, you know, early on when I'm talking to them is what would happen to you if you could, or what would happen to your practice if you couldn't work for three months, right? Yeah, you might have some disability insurance, a business overhead, but what would happen to that practice? And they all go, oh my gosh, that practice would die. Well, now fast forward, we're at camp three, right? To use our, you know, our metaphor, right. we're at camp three and we're about to get to the summit where you're out of the chair and you need to ask yourself that same question is what I'm hearing you say, that same question again, what's yep. going to happen if I get out of the chair and right. test it and see, mm -hmm. and what yeah. you're going to find is that, oh, that's where the bottleneck really was, is what you're saying, because the gravity yeah. of you being in the chair is really you think it's the good thing right i mean it's it's like an addiction right you think right. oh i'm we're doing so good but it's actually the thing that's stopping you from getting up to uh the top of that summit or getting out of that chair right yeah and exactly the point so you bring up a great point i think that's the one thing is that the doctor will literally feel that you know by getting out of the, that's that fear we talked about we're getting out of the chair then all of a sudden the business will, will kind of crumble on him, right? Because at that point, he'll basically be convinced that, well, I will all this really great things that are going on will all kind of crumble apart. And so I just don't want to stress test it. But the argument always being is this, this is what I want to hopefully people listen to about this. You have, if you truly want to basically create that practice where you're going to be able to truly run your company and run your practice outside of the chair, you have to be willing to let it fail a bit. And that sounds terrible mm -hmm. to say, but that's the only way you're going to be able to look at your business really objectively to see what things need to be going in. You're going to start to see when you pull yourself out, all the things that you bring to that practice mm -hmm. that now there's a void for. And now it's your job outside of the chair to figure out how you're going to fill those voids. And maybe it's certain types of doctors' personalities. Maybe it's like certain team members who need to step up in certain roles. Maybe it's certain operational things you're doing. But now you finally have the opportunity to do that that you simply will never have if you're constantly focused on being that guy in the chair all the time. That's a great point. You can't see it. When you're you in the practice and you're doing it, it just comes so naturally to you, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's interesting, I think, as, as, you know, one of the things that I have seen over the years in larger organizations, not necessarily dentistry, but, you know, a small business owner who builds their business from the inside, they know every single piece about it, can really only get it to a certain spot. And then, you know, if they sell to private equity or bring in other folks, they a lot of times will bring in a CEO from outside who's not blinded by the fact that they just know how to do everything, right? They can see the organization from that 10,000 foot level and they don't get sucked into the thousand foot or all the little minutia that that small business owner knows how to do just because they know how to do it. The same can happen in the dental practice. Um, yep. that you can just, because you just know it so well. And when you're in the practice, it's just second nature to just take care of something. When you're out of the chair, you realize, oh, I've got to create an organization that takes care of that small little thing that sees that I've got to replicate that. But again, like, I don't want to keep beating the, the horse, but you just can't see it while you're in there, right? You can't see it. And one thing I want to impart, so I want to provide some experience share with me, like, right. you know, as you know, Matt, there are times when every once in a while, I'll jump in and help a doctor. Let's say I've got a doctor on vacation, or I've got, you know, a scenario where I might be short doctor, if we've lost a doctor for some reason, and I've got to help step in there for a short period of time. 
now I know that at one point I used to think in my, in my trajectory in my career was like, that's okay. You know, Hey, I'm going to save myself paying for their doctor. I'm going to save a little, I have a little better profit here, but what always happens, and this happens, the docs need to hear this thing. What ends up happening is you'll come back in there and yes, you'll get productive. You'll do pretty well, but your practice, the entire culture will shift again. It's going to go right back through you. You suddenly become the lightning rod. All of a sudden, yeah, you'll do well because your practice then thinks, oh, this is wonderful. Our codependent relationship is back. Now we can just kind of flood doctor with all this treatment. Now we can run all our problems through him. Now we can keep him busy with just running the operations while he's in the chair. You're literally going back to the same dysfunction you're trying to get out. And yes, it might seem wonderful to say, hey, I'm, I'm making great money, but I would implore, this happens in my organization. This happens in, in organizations all across the country with multiple associates. Your associates and your team who are trying to build the other part of that practice get defeated. Here's what happens, right? As you come back in the practice, and this happens to us when you like it or not, all of a sudden your treatment coordinators, your team starts building that practice through you again. And all of a sudden your associates become the proverbial second team, right? They don't be, they're not getting the bigger cases sent their way as much. They're not getting the opportunity to take care of patients. Their calls from patients now demanding to see the owner are then immediately put in front of the owner rather than being in the past where or our treatment coordinators were championing the associates by saying, hey, no, you, Dr. Lewis loves these, uh, these, this doctor. You're going to love seeing him. But what ends up happening by going in, you suddenly cause a huge shift in your practice again. So you start taking a few steps back. And in many cases, and in my own case, I can describe this. When I have done it, my company has taken a large shift back because suddenly I become the guy who has to then shoulder the load again. And then my associates resent me because they think it's intentional that I'm basically doing that to them when you have no intention at all. So that's the real big thing I would tell you about. If you truly want to create this practice that's going to be designed as a truly functioning group practice, you as the owner doctor literally create the weak point in your own organization because your team, your staff, and the organization are codependent on you. Yeah. And, and it's really, you know, it sounds like you're describing my relationship with food around the holidays, said. Uh, I get, I work hard. I get really in shape because I love to ski because I know I'm going to go skiing in the wintertime. And I'm like, I get really good in shape. And then, you know, Christmas rolls around and two weeks of eating anything and not exercising and all that stuff. And it takes so much more work to get back into shape once right. I, you know, have that. At least it feels like it takes so much more work. What I'm hearing you say uh, about the practice is you can end up destroying a lot of what you built by mm -hmm. getting back in there unknowingly and it just takes a lot more work to now recreate the culture back to where it was before you got in there yeah and i would say and it happens to me like if you're in there and let's say for example you jump back in to kind of save the day and then when you try to proverbially pull yourself out again it's rough. It's even a, it's a more difficult environment because you've now kind of shifted the practice back running through, you know, as we talked about before, you're that you become the sun again. All of a sudden you're taking, mm -hmm. you, you're taking the sun away and it's your practice is back in the proverbial darkness because people don't know what to do. Like, well, where is he leaving? Or, well, doctors, so-and-so, these patients don't want to see you. They, they thought you're back or you'll have team members say, no, well, if you go, who's going to take care of this? Who's going to talk to you know, the managers, who's going to deal with these things, you know? I mean, I'm, when I'm talking managers, I'm talking the operational things of it all. So those are things that can easily happen. So what I'm trying to implore docs on this uh, podcast is to think about if you're looking at potentially doing this for yourself, you have to basically make this mindset for the betterment of your team, because it comes down, I think Matt and I, we we're talking off the, the uh, podcast here about this book called Multipliers by Liz Wiseman. 
And it multipliers is this really great book that I encourage you all to read that talks about leadership styles and how basically there's this profile called a diminisher. And mm -hmm. a diminisher is an individual who thinks that they are supporting their team members, who thinks they're actually, uh, you know, basically the proverbial lifesaver. They're helping people out in their time of need and they're jumping in there. They're so high functional, but they end up jumping in and taking care of everyone's problems. And by doing that, these same people who are, who are probably have great hearts and are good people are literally weakening the team they're trying to help, right? You start to do those things. You become that doctor jumping back in the chair all the time. Your team then thinks, well, when things get tough, Dr. Lewis will just jump back in there right. and then we're just going to let that happen, let it play itself out. And inevitably what ends up happening, whether you believe it or not, your team gets diminished. They start to become codependent on you. They get frustrated when you pull yourself out. You try to extricate yourself again. Then they kind of think like, well, he doesn't care about us. He's not taking care of the practice. And it's all because you set the tone. Like as much as you might think like, what are they upset about? I, I told them I'm only coming back for a short period of time. But now you've already set the belief like, why? Well, what's going on? Why is a change happening again? And for those who live this, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I lived it too. <laughs> But this is what's going to happen. So I would challenge for you all about there who really think that, you know, you have to be in the chair because the team needs that leadership. The team needs that kind of North Star, so to speak. Think about that book I talked about. You know, I encourage you all to read it. It's called, it's called Multiplies by Liz Wiseman. And there's a chapter called The Diminisher. And it describes mm -hmm. the exact same profile I'm discussing. Well, it also sounds a little bit like, you know, the difference between a helicopter parent and a parent who allows their children to uh, learn and then grow, right? And then lets right. them go and lets them, <clears throat> excuse me, lets them run. Uh, that, that's our, that's the organization that you're trying to build, right? You certainly spend right. a lot of time, effort and energy laying down the vision and the principles and the mission and, and then the functionality and the, the day-to-day, -day, all those things. But then at some point you have to let the child, so to speak, I'm doing air quotes here. You have to let the yes. child go live their life and you have to let the organization, you know, kind of, kind of run there um, and give it the freedom to do that. So, so here's what uh, I pulled from this said from, uh, from a practical standpoint, what I heard you say was, you know, be willing to, uh, if you want to get out of the chair, you have to be willing to stress test and pull yourself out and see what happens. You also mm -hmm. said you have to uh, be willing to let your organization fail a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I would add a third thing is be prepared from a mm -hmm. financial standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, from a mindset standpoint to expect that this is going to happen. You're going to have to maybe put money in for a couple of months. You're mm -hmm. going to have to, you know, because the collections, production, everything is going to, you know, go down a bit. And that's challenging because you've run up. Uh, and built a large business that has a lot of expenses. It has a large payroll. It has, you know, expenses. And so we just have to be prepared for that as well. Don't let that take uh, you by surprise. Anything else that you would say from a practical standpoint? Well, yeah, and again, I, I guess from a practical standpoint, I would just say, you know, the one thing that doctors, again, don't think about enough is that if your belief is that you need to be in the practice because in essence, someone needs to provide an example, someone needs to basically be that North Star, the practical side of it is that if your intention is to create that level of practice that's independent and is able to kind of function without you, whether you believe it or not, you're literally the person who's diminishing your ability of your practice mm. to actually become exactly what you want to become. Mm. Yeah. So remind yourself that that's what you're doing when, right. you, when you get back in there. And that's a good reminder because it is so easy, right? I'm sure said it feels good. 
yeah. as the owner doctor to get back in the chair because it's like you're back in your wheelhouse, right? It's like, man, right. it's like it's like the old pitcher getting back on the mound and holding the, yep. the glove and remembering what it was, or holding the ball and remembering what it was like when everybody was cheering. It's very comfortable, right. but it's yep. not going to be good for the organization uh, um, if you're in there too long, right? I agree. Yeah. And, and again, so what I would tell you guys, again, I certainly don't want to sit in an ivory tower and just kind of like dispense all this great advice. Like, to, to be honest, you know, there are days when I have to go in there and do that. Yeah. I have doctors who go on vacation. You have two doctors who go on vacation. I've always been, you know, very willing to let these guys have the freedom to do those. But what I've done now, at least, is that now before that happens, my team, my administrative team, my, my executive team, and my operative team all know that they understand exactly when I come back. And in fact, they're trying to kick me out, which is a wonderful thing now. Like they are always telling me, no, 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 doc. So the only time I get in there now is because my organization now, because we've gone through this before and they understand the tangible things that will happen once I get back in, their job and their mindset now is to get me out as fast as possible because they realize that the practice will diminish. The -hmm. practice will basically struggle if they get me back in there because of exactly what you and I just discussed. Yeah, well, that's great. Great insight. Great info, as always said. Thanks for being willing to share it. And uh, we really appreciate everybody out there listening. Again, we are just minutes away from rolling out uh, our next level academy. So be looking forward to that. We really want to help folks do this um, and be a community of folks who, you know, help um, our listeners take action. Uh, around these things. So we'll be rolling that out soon. So thanks again, Sid, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, everyone.